This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Welcome back, everybody. Pete Hegseth and Carly Shimkus in the radio studio. I am thrilled and honored to have you both here, fresh up off the Fox and Friends today. But I will say this. Carly says to me in the break while you were downstairs, says, Brian, am I all of a sudden I'm not good enough? And I saw the first time I ever saw insecurity with Carly. And I go, it's not that you're not good enough. Is it? We just thought it'd be good to invite Pete up. I didn't know that I would have a problem like this. Oh, okay. I, I will take. I mean, I, this is usually our time, so I'm just wondering. Carly, why. I want to I want to help you and tell you how Happening. I knew. I know this is your time, and that's why I walked into the studio. There was no one in here. Nobody. You not not even me. Not even you. <laughs> I'm and almost out of breath. I, I just sat ran down in. at guest two. See the spot I'm at right here. It's guest respect. Two. That's respect. <laughs> I knew that guest one was Carly Simpkins. She's not kidding. She's not kidding. Pete, you can I'm be sorry. guest one. Any day of the week. Not not right now. Battle for the Anchor American one. Mind. Be- Long time Besso. Number one for how many weeks? It was number one for a month. and on the That's list incredible. For, yeah, it was crazy. And on the list for 14 weeks. That, uh, uprooting a century of miseducation. Uh, and, of course, education is one of the top, th- top issues today. Uh, first off, I want you guys to hear something that's encouraging. Two years ago, if I could tell you, you know, it looked like we were coming apart the scenes when it comes to race. I think there's a huge pushback. I really do. Everywhere I see people come back, go, okay, can we calm down? Like, I'm not even worried about the World Cup, them taking a knee anymore, especially because it's not the women. So this is the head coach of the Buccaneers. When asked, since he's coaching against another black coach, Todd Bowles, he was asked this question earlier this week, cut 38. You and Mike Tomlin are two of the few black head coaches in the league. I wonder what your relationship is like with them and your thoughts on Steve Wilkes joining that fold. I have a very good relationship with Tomlin. Uh, We don't look at what color we are when we coach against each other. We just know each other. I have a lot of very good white friends that coach in this league as well, and I don't think it's a big deal as far as us being coaching against each other. I think it's normal. Wilkes got an opportunity to do a good job. Hopefully he does it. And we coach ball. We don't look at color. But you also understand that representation matters too, right? And that when young aspiring coaches or even football players, they see you guys, you know, they see someone that looks like them, maybe grew up like them, that has to mean something. Well, when you say you see you guys and look like them and grow up like them, it means that we're eyeballs to begin with. And I think the minute you guys start stop making a big deal about it, everybody else will as well. So I, w- I just want to get your perspective. And Allison pulled the whole thing. I never heard the whole thing, wow. Allison and Eric, um, Pete. But what's, what's your reaction to that? Well, I, I just think that <laughs> to hear a reporter sort of school a black coach on how he should respond to race relations is an unbelievable situation. But and not he, surprising. He, he handled it so well. And uh, uh, somebody that is uh, maybe of a weaker mindset would have been like, yeah, you know, you're right. I understand where you're coming from. And he held his ground. He was like, no, listen, though, you just said you guys to us. That's, that's, make put, me more of an, that's an us versus them situation when the other perspective is, no, everybody is equal. Not seeing color is a good thing. That's how it always should have been. But people have literally been canceled for saying those exact same things. It's true. Uh, so well said. I defer the balance of my time back to Carly. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, it's exactly. I mean, it's, it's in this case, a female 
white liberals shaming and telling certain people how they are supposed to think, the way they're supposed to view the world. I, I'm not, I have not been a believer that the pendulum is going to swing back. Maybe it will. Maybe, it, maybe there's it so much lunacy. Because of the education aspect of it, that's what makes me concerned that it won't swing back as properly as it should be. But it's going to be free-thinking, courageous men like this yeah. who look reporters who are driving an agenda in the eye and say, that's not true. What Good coach was that that said that? That, uh, that? that was Todd Bowles, head coach of the Buccaneers, former coach of the Jets. Tuka, he's got been to a head coach twice in five years. So there, there should be other opportunities. Okay. No, I'm a Bucks fan. Yeah, well, I didn't even want yeah. to be one. And you know what, Pete? I agree with you that I think that at the top, like the tippy top of companies and um, uh, colleges, the sort of um, Ivy League mentality, I don't think it's going anywhere there when it comes to like the hardcore, like we have to f- be hyper-focused on race. But I think normal people, it's it used to be something that people would sort of tiptoe around, and now everybody's really over it. So so could I share with you a passage? So I'm, I'm all over Booker T. Washington. I'm doing a project with the Teddy Roosevelt and how they work together to race us forward on, on, uh, as a country. This is, these are, this is from his biography, so don't even say this is an interpretation. With few exceptions, Negro youth must work harder and perform his task even better than white youth in order to secure recognition. This is, this, is eight, this is 1910. But out of the hard and unusual struggle through which he is compelled to pass, he gets a strength of confidence that one misses whose pathway is comparatively smooth by reason of birth. From any point of view, I'd rather be who I am, a member of the Negro race, than to be claimed membership with the most favorite of any other race. I've always been made sad when I heard members of my race claiming rights and privileges or certain badges of distinction on the ground simply that they were members of this race or that, regardless of their own individual worth or attainments. This is 110 years ago. Don't make excuses. We Segregated society, absolutely, for 30 uh, – 40 years off the Civil War. Don't worry about what, what the situation is. Make it better. That has always been the ethos of our very best in this country. It also statement, – statements like that remind us that no one actually benefits when you're, when you're valuing race over anything else. Then you have people of one race wondering, well, is that person in that position because they were given a preference? The person in that position is saying, well, do they look at me because I'm, I'm here because I had a preference? It's toxic across the board. Yeah. There are some people that want it that way. That's the Yeah, problem. he was what he was talking about is what in that uh, quote that you just read so eloquently written was really the difference between equality and equity, where he's saying and now it's uh, the equity where it's equal you outcomes. Exactly. And now you get to a point where um, in schools they are dumbing things down to help elevate one race over another how about you just focus on those students that are struggling a little bit more rather than dumbing all of the education down i uh, my um my mom's side of the family is from puerto rico my mom's puerto rican i'm 50 percent. i know i look like a map of it but my grandfather same exact thing he came over from puerto rico he had no money he worked for in a steel mill um and he got his ged Actually, he got his high school diploma, too, in when he was already a grown man. Didn't even tell his, my mom or his wife that he was doing this. He was just staying late for work. And he just want, he just had that drive and that will to succeed. 
uh, bilingual English, definitely not his first language. And he was so proud to be an American and so proud of those accomplishments and exactly the example of what Booker T. Washington was there and became such a a strong man. He was a slave until he was 12. Yeah, and became such a strong man because of the struggles that he went through. And he wrote those words before there was equality. Absolutely. And here now we are in a moment where we're closer to equality than we've ever been, and now we move the goalpost to equity, which has always been a lie. Yeah, it's impossible. I, I just thought it was so true that you can – I thought Dennis Prager told me earlier this week, you have to judge people by the era in which they're born and they lived. And by that calculus, our founding fathers were giants. Never said Columbus was a giant. Not perfect. But when you talk about slavery and equality – there was slave. We didn't invent slavery. The Indians had slaves. Wasn't aware of that. Uh, blacks in Africa had slaves. Wasn't aware of that. Brazil imported more slaves than anybody else. You don't see them beating themselves up on a daily basis, but they have a horrible history when it comes to slavery. And we fought a civil war to get rid of it. And I just think that we're about to get—I really feel optimistic we're about to get over it. I'm telling you. I'm not totally over I hope it. you're right, Brian. I, I just— Yes, some big figures can say big things that give us hope. But what is being done in the classroom so that the sixth grader in class knows what you just said, as opposed to the prevailing Howard Zinn view, which is America is evil, poisoned from the beginning, founded on the backs of slaves and stolen from the Indians. And as a result, we shouldn't stand for the pledge, let alone sign up for the military. What's it worth defending? We, are, we have not reversed that yet, which right. means there are a wave of kids that will never encounter what you just said unless they get a subscription to Fox Nation. Well, do you, do you say there, there's got to be a push uh, on the education front? But don't you think, Carly, this whole pushback and the sobering up of defund the police yeah. and police are fundamentally racist and they're realizing the communities that are hurt the most to the African-American communities because there's no policing? And those parents are looking around going, I never said they were the problem. They, Al Sharpton doesn't speak for me. Yeah, I, absolutely. And then there's candidates like John Fetterman who are literally scrubbing their campaign websites to get rid of defund the police. Mandela Barnes, too. Support. Yeah, exactly. When he used to be holding up a T-shirt that said exactly that very thing. Uh, so they recognize that it's hurting them politically. Uh, which is fascinating. No time like the present, 25 days until the midterm elections when they reach this sober reality. Uh, but I, exactly what you said when you introduced us, it is so refreshing to watch a football game and not have to worry about having to roll your eyes when half the sideline kneels during the national anthem. Right. So there has been a great shift in this country away from that movement that once consumed the entire nation. Right. Uh, do we want to do a more to know in the last block? Or do we have – no? Just just keep rolling There's it? no more to know. We know it all. We, yeah. Oh, I know that's Pete's philosophy. I did not know it was yours. Uh, <laughs> I'm done learning. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joey Jones is in for Pete this weekend, right? Uh, he's in, No, he's in for Will this Will. weekend. Uh, that's right. So, you are Pete. <laughs> What's wrong? I'll be here. Right. It's all right. It's okay. okay. When we come back, more with Carly and Pete. It used to be just Carly, but now Pete's here. It's a good thing, as Martha says. (laughs) Educating, entertaining, enlightening. You're with Brian Kilmeade. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade. This is the fire department where the event was being held. Just across the street right here is the car where my producer was parked. You can see glass on the ground. Someone threw a brick through the window. You can see the brick there. Shattered the glass. Another person got inside and tried to hotwire the vehicle and drive away with it. Again, the press was just right across the street. There was probably at least a dozen people standing right here. None of us heard anything. We were getting set up for the press conference and it happened really in a blink of an eye. None of us had time to react to notice what was going on until the producer noticed that someone had just smashed her car window. What? Hello. We're on the radio. Oh, we're back? Okay. So, no, no, we're not back. Oh, we are? All right. Did we uh, play that soundbite? Okay. So you heard that, right? I did I not. Didn't. All right. I was, uh, <laughs> we were a little distracted. I was just playing some of the debate. We were so, just friends having a conversation, yeah. and then the show started again. All right, so here we go. Hillary Vaughn is out. Uh, Hillary Vaughn was uh, on covering a shoot and the fire department uh, at a big event, and her car was broken into. I did hear about that. I didn't. At the event, and the event was about crime. Oh, my. And her car, someone threw a brick through her window, and it was right next to where other reporters were. And, like, chaos is so constant that no one noticed that her rental car was broken into right at the event about crime. You've so, got to be kidding me. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's what's going on. And, and, you know, she spends most of her time covering the president of the United States. Um, the other thing to uh, to keep in mind, too, is since we, if I was here in August, the number one story was abortion. And that's what Bill Roe v. Wade, what else is the Supreme Court capable of doing? They've got to get her to take away same-sex marriage and all this other stuff. Nobody's talking about that anymore. It's the highest I've seen it is fifth on anyone's list of things they care about. I believe that this red wave is reprimed. It's, it's not a hope. It's not a fear. I think it's a fact. I mean, do you? Yes. And I agree with you on the polling. The thing that I think is interesting, and I also think it could shoot Democrats in the foot, is how much they're spending on ads that focus on abortion. And it's so fascinating because the number one, two and three issue are the economy, and then you get to crime, and then you get to education, and then there's some sort of like, you know, democracy in hangs in the balance type polling in there as well. But abortion is really slipping. And it is an issue that when you when you look at who cares about the issue, you you always think that the people that are being polled saying that it's so important to them are pro-choice people. But there are a lot of pro-lifers that are undercounted when it comes to where that is in their uh, and they're organized over the last fifty years. Yeah. yeah, that came across on the show this morning when we were asked asked about abortion. The the gentleman says, "Yeah, because I'm pro-life." So when you talk about threats to democracy, there's plenty of uh, conservatives that feel like what the socialists and others are doing is a threat to our republic. Yes. So they can cut in both directions. You want you want to hold an election where one side says it's abortion January 6th and the weather, meaning climate change as their top issues versus crime, inflation, the border mm-hmm. and what happens in your kid's school. Good luck. Brian, I was with you. I, I feel like the media was was just cheerleading for a change in the narrative so much so that they 
the blue check marks created an environment where some of us doubted whether or not a wave like this was possible. And it was always a mirage from what that they created, that people were interested in those topics. They came and went. When people vote, uh, they're going to vote for things that really affect them. And right. I think it will bode well for Republicans. So um, you just have your book out. My paperback's coming out in, uh, October 25th. No, uh, November 12th and 13th. I'm going to be in Brandon, Mississippi. Let's go to Brandon. And then we're going to, on Sunday, <laughs> go to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And on December 2nd, I'm going to be in Newark, New Jersey, at the New, New Jersey Performing Arts Center. And the question is, will Carly Shimkus and Pete Hegseth be joining me? Carly, you're 50-50 on this, right? Because you might be moving. Well, I may, I may be in labor, but if and I'm, I also am moving. So right. So depending on those two things. What, what kind of excuses are those? <laughs> right. I mean, labor, that's three months early. I, I, was, mean, I was exaggerating a little bit. Right. For dramatic effect. But I, I perfect- am moving, though. I am moving right around that time. But I do think I'm so flattered that you would even want me to join. So I would. And, and you know how I, I, I would. Because what we do is I try to take all the, all the books, the history books. But now instead of just rolling tape and giving an idea what it's about, I bring them to life with uh, actors who have no experience but want to recreate key moments in passages in this book, whether it's Sam Houston, the Alamo Avengers, George Washington, Secret Six, Thomas Jefferson, Tripoli Pirates. And to be able to talk to about your book, uh, The Battle for the American Mind, which we'll talk about after, I've asked Pete to possibly oh. join us in one of those moments to bring to life American history. Brian, I am so nervous about this. Is it a yes? It's a 100% yes. Oh, Friday wow. night. Friday night, December 2nd, I'll be there with you. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do, right. which is really scary. Play a, a prominent person in American history. Play. He's already been, he's been talking about it. He's, he's, so are we talking costumes as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. And I don't think people move on Friday night, Carly. <laughs> <laughs> I have the perfect thing for Carly, too. And I got you I probably more than one. Because now I realize, Allison, you, you saw the last one. Instead of just doing, how many did we do last time? We did two. It was so well. By the way, when I first brought it up, uh, Pat O'Rourke and Rick Thatcher helped me out, the MC and the comic that opens. And they were all in. But a lot of people were like, I don't think that's going to work. It was so overwhelming. Allison, be honest. In Albany, how did it go? It was very entertaining. You're also forgetting that you've known Pat and Rick since you were a child. So right. it's like. High school so grandparents, friends, they're having a good time. True. But I think you'd blend right in there, both of you, Carly. It's, I stole it from Mike Rowe is Six Degrees, where he walks in and out of history to talk about how everything's related. And I said, how great would that be on stage? So what roles would you choose for Pete? Or, or do you not want to reveal this? No, more roles for – we need – we need Carly. Oh, I got Carly. Carly. I got I got Carly no, with, one the, is fine. with the Tripoli Pirates. I'm joining forces with you, Brian, to recruit Carly Shimkus right. on stage. <laughs> but we'll talk after about your book and everything, and then you have an opportunity to buy the book. Very cool. And, and get it number one again. We'll do it. Is New Jersey ready for you? Because they just lost you. <laughs> <laughs> they did, but I'll come back. You'll come back. You, you moved. I did. Uh, okay, I will do it. There we go. Season, that's all I need. <laughs> All I have to do is get that in writing. Not that I don't trust the radio show and a commitment that we could play back. Back in a moment. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.